Ladies and gentlemen, good morning, afternoon, evening, wherever you are in the world. And whenever you are tuning into this video, my name is James Porcelli and welcome to another episode of Ruthless Talk. Man, I did not come prepared to do this type of uh, a format for this episode for you guys. Um, unfortunately, me and Brian, uh, we did do an episode uh, last night. Uh, but, you know, one of those days, I guess, right, where we experienced some technical difficulties. Um, and unfortunately, most of those technical difficulties happened on Brian's end, <laughs> where uh, it was just a lot of echo and playback and things like that. It's very, very hard to explain, but it's just an unfortunate situation, especially for Brian. Um, but uh, that situation will get resolved. Uh, we will be back together um, to do an episode Thursday when we talk AEW Dynamite as well as uh, WWE NXT. Of course, you guys know there is a lot to cover over the next two weeks. We're already two weeks away. Uh, from Night of Champions, which is going to be May 27th, I believe. And then on the same night, guys, the very same night on that Sunday, there's going to be AEW's Double or Nothing. And then we also have um, NXT Battleground on the very same night. So there's going to be a lots to cover um, in, in just a short amount of time uh, in the next couple of weeks. So, um, But yeah, for those of you who are wondering, because I did put up um, a little bit of an update in regards to the whole situation in regards to the difficulties that we, uh, we came across from last night. Um, but those will get resolved. Um, and again, I feel bad because, you know, it, it just happened to, you know, all, all this situation kind of happened on in, in, in effect, Brian in the process. So Brian, if you're watching this, uh, you know, shout out to you, my man. Um, you know, I'm sure all of this will get resolved. And uh, we will uh, come back on Thursday for that AW Dynamite review. And of course, we'll give you uh, more updates um, in regards to this situation um, as the time goes on. So with all that being said, let us finally get into Monday Night Raw, as well as this World Heavyweight title situation. Um, WrestleMania is over, right? WWE Backlash is over. The WWE draft is officially over and it's now time, right, to get these rosters to be in full effect, right? These rosters are in full effect. Everybody's drafted to separate brands. And now you're thinking, okay, this is a new beginning. This is a fresh start. And now let's actually put on some good shit, right? But, and now, and this is where I turn to the World Heavyweight Championship. So, uh, Pinocchio, as, as I like to also call him uh, Triple H Paul Levesque <laughs> because he does nothing but just spread lies to wrestling fans as well as the wrestling industry with all the bullshit that he that he likes to that he likes to to, to throw out there, especially in regards to uh, this world heavyweight title. So he made a an announcement during a press conference um, for Backlash um, in regards to this world heavyweight title. Um, and <laughs> guys, this is, this is unreal. And of course, you know, me and Brian have kind of put this on the back burner over the last week and a half or so, because we wanted to, you know, have our, all of our focus and attention that was on backlash this past Saturday. And we've kind of put this whole situation on the back burner, but now that that's come and gone, triple H 
went and announced a tournament, right? And I'm thinking, okay, the first thing I think of is the tournament. I'm like, guys, I can't stand tournaments, right? You've seen one tournament, you've seen them all, right? It's just a lackluster way to just build a show without using any type of creativity and, and, and really, you know, actually trying to put on a good show, right? You don't have to work as hard, right? Just put on a tournament, just put match after match after match. And there you go. Poof, you have your show. It's just very lazy. It's lackluster. And we see it all the fucking time. Um, So that's bad enough, right? But then he goes on to say that this tournament will be across both brands. I'm I'm sorry, what? (laughs) So, so hold on. So, so you mean to tell me, right? Because this is the same guy that was on Monday Night Raw when he revealed this title saying that Roman Reigns to whatever brand that he gets drafted to, don't take my word for it, guys, go back and listen to this dude. Whatever whatever brand Roman Reigns is drafted to, he will take those two beautiful titles and he will stay on that brand. While the other brand, right, in this case it's Monday Night Raw, will be crowned a new champion. This is for, for Raw superstars on this brand to be crowned at a new world heavyweight champion, right? So, okay, you're thinking, okay, this tournament is probably going to most likely be Monday Night Raw superstars, right? At least that's what we're thinking. And it's it had the draft and these updated full effects, right? I use that term very loosely. They wasted no time going against their own fucking rules. And the SmackDown competitors are competing for a title on a brand that they're not even they're not even on it's just what the hell is going on here it's just again I, I and me and Brian have stated this many many times this company has no idea what they're doing this is a day by day process right they don't know what they're doing or they just don't want to put the time and effort to know what the hell that they're doing and it shows because, and here's the excuse that I also hear. Oh, well, James, if, if, if a SmackDown superstar just wins the match, then they just can go over to Monday Night Raw. Motherfucker, do you hear yourself? <laughs> it, it, all, it diminishes the draft that they just had. So what was the point of the draft, right? Again, make it make sense, bro. It's going against everything that Triple H has stated about this draft and within seconds, right there, it's, you know, this was a raw title. Now SmackDown superstars. Oh, come on over. Let's put you in a tournament. As a matter of fact, just stay over on SmackDown. We'll just put you in in, in a tournament in separate matches and, and, and you'll just compete for that title. You don't even need to come over to Monday Night Raw. You can just compete for the title that's supposed to be on the other brand. Yeah, that makes a lot of it makes a shit ton of sense, doesn't it? Oh my God, man. It's just, it's it's ridiculous. It's like this company is legit thinks that we're clueless, that we're idiots, or for the most part, especially from a lot of wrestling fans out there, they're going to let it off the hook, right? Because it's Triple H, and this dude, for some reason, just can't do no wrong, and he's just some fucking messiah of professional wrestling, right? It's like everything that Triple H does is good, and everything that it's Vince, you know, that it's probably does deal with Vince is bad, right? Now I get it. Triple H running legit 100% running this company is 10 would be 10 times better than Vince 
running it at the helm. There's no question about it, but let's not let Triple H off the hook here, guys, right? This is not a Vince McMahon production anymore. This is a Vince McMahon and a Triple H production. These two are both jointed at the hip. This is the Vince and Paul Levesque freaking show. That's what it is. Um, and, and it's just they're trying to throw baloney at the wall to see if it freaking sticks. And, and we all know what this World Heavyweight Championship is even about, right? Because at the end of the day, and it's all started from WrestleMania night two, when they made the boneheaded fucking decision to have Roman Reigns win that freaking title um, over Cody Rhodes, right? And, 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 you know, he's on a part-time schedule. He's not defending the title. And Triple H even admitted this as well when he unveiled this World Heavyweight Championship, right? He's going to be on a part-time schedule. He's holding the, those two beautiful titles. He's not going to be on the shows most often. So, you know, hey, so let's just build a brand new world title because it's going to shut everybody up, right? It's like it's going to shut me up or supposedly it's supposed to shut me up. It's supposed to shut all of you up. And we're just supposed to just play along with it, right? But no, because we see what this world heavyweight title for what it is. And it is a consolation prize because we know that the reason why that this world heavyweight title exists because at WrestleMania night two, they fucked up. Roman Reigns should have lost that match at WrestleMania. Cody Rhodes should be holding on to those two beautiful titles, right? And he should be touring around the world. They did a lot of European tours over the past several weeks with those titles and we would be having a better fucking product because shit would make sense. Right. But no, we have Cody Rhodes in this weird, odd feud with Brock Lesnar with still no explanation. May I add they've already had their first match. And now that feud is going to continue, especially after what happened on Monday night raw. And I'm going to get into all of that in just a second. Right. All of that just makes no freaking sense. But yeah, I mean, all of this just could have been avoided, right? All you could have done was just, you know, you know, again, God forbid if Cody Rhodes just would have won the title and, and, and you know, and, and every, <laughs> it's right. But no, because, but you know what we also, but know what we got? We have people like Bubba Ray Dudley, right? If you listen I mean, on his, this, this dude, I, I've never seen a hall of, or hear a hall of famer speak that much bullshit a, a, about professional wrestling in my life. I mean, these dudes, this dude and his takes on, on his busted open podcast, whatever it's called. It's like, oh, it's like, my God, this, the most idiotic takes I've ever freaking heard. I, I need to, I need to say Brock Lesnar, uh, beat up Cody Rhodes, uh, three more times. Uh, matter of fact, um, he needs to, yeah, he needs to struggle. And, and then maybe in uh, early 2024, mid 2024. Yeah. Then we'll give Cody Rhodes the title. You know, uh, he needs to be beat up by Omas, uh, Brock Lesnar beats that needs to beat the shit out of him a few more times. And then, yeah, he'll be ready. Yeah, he'll be he'll be ready for the title. It's like, what the fuck, man? It's like seriously, you know. And in in regard, and since you know, speaking of Cody Rhodes, and this, in in regard to the world title, you know, you know, there's another excuse that I also hear. Oh well, James. Well, if he would have won those titles, then the crowd the crowd probably was going to turn on him. Okay. Even if the fans turn on, we would we would be getting a better product anyway because shit would be making sense, right? You can have Cody Rhodes win those freaking titles. He's on a full time schedule, right? If the crowd turns on him, fine. Then the, again, the product as of right now, over the last month, we would be in a better place, right? You can call audibles. You can get creative, 
and do something with Cody Rhodes with those titles in that aspect, right? Roman Reigns can come back as a more diabolical heel to, uh, to, to get back those freaking titles, right? You could come up with so much creative shit. He can do his shit with the bloodline, right? That doesn't need to involve him holding freaking titles. I mean, all of this just could have been avoided. Right? And now you throw in a freaking tournament. A, a bunch of random motherfuckers, may I add. P- people like, I, I, and, and this is off the top of my head, right? I don't have the list in front of me, but these are just the people off the top of my head, right? You have people on the SmackDown side like Austin Theory. Why is Austin Theory competing for this title? Right? If, if Austin Theory is in this, then where the hell is Gunther? Right? Gunther's hold that hold his Intercontinental title way longer and has had a better reign for, uh, than Austin Theory. So why is he not in it? So again, just again, just using logic and common sense there. Then there's also Bobby Lashley. Uh, okay, um, he just lost the United States title match. I don't know why you would he would just be thrusted into a world heavyweight title situation, but whatever. Um, Edge and Rey Mysterio. I love both Rey and Edge. Um, they they should be nowhere near sniffing a world title right now. Um, you know, they, they, it's just not needed for them. Um, and then Sheamus, I know there's talks about him being a grand slam champion. Um, whatever, man. It's like by, by the end of 2024, everybody's going to be a grand slam champion because these titles are nothing but just, they're just like fucking Skittles. You know, after every, every three to four months, everybody just gets the freaking title because, you know, <laughs> because why not? Um, and then there's, I think there's one or two other SmackDown superstars. And then you go over to the raw side, right? You have people like Shinsuke Nakamura, right? I love Shinsuke. Do we all want to see Shinsuke win a world title at some point? Absolutely, right? There's no question. But this dude just came back, right? And he's competing in this triple threat, which again, we're going to get to in just a second here. It's just like, I don't understand how you can bring somebody back, right? You know, they need momentum. They need W's. This is a new beginning for Shinsuke. He's on a new brand. He's coming back over to Raw. And you throw him into a a triple threat where it does nothing for him and it does nothing for anybody else, right? So it's because we know he's not going to win the freaking tournament. So what's the point of putting him in there, right? Then you have people like AJ Styles. I left out AJ Styles over on the SmackDown side. Again, the guy just came back. Why is he in this fucking tournament? For the most part, he is not going to win this tournament, right? He's not going to win this title, so why the fuck is he in it, right? So that, that's another person. Damian Priest, right? As much as we love Damian Priest, and me and Brian, we spoke highly about that dude um, in the street fight with Bad Bunny on, on Backlash this past Saturday in our uh, Good and the Bad and the Ugly review. If you haven't checked that out, go check that out now. Um, but yeah, even Damian Priest, man, is you know he's on his way, no doubt, but as of right now, this dude shouldn't be competing for world titles right now. I'm sorry. Um, and then you have Finn Balor, right? Now, Finn Balor, okay, that's a name that I can get behind, right? You know, that's that's a guy that's really developed. You know, that's, you know, one of the guys that is legit ready for a big title push if you book it, book it correctly, right? So Finn Balor, okay, I can get behind that. And then you have, of course, Cody Rhodes, right? At this point, guys, Cody Rhodes winning this freaking championship would just be a complete dud, right? It's just like, how can we take Cody Rhodes seriously if he couldn't beat Roman Reigns? And now, okay, you couldn't beat Roman, but here, let's let's give you the, the World Heavyweight Championship, right? 
it's just, it's a consolation prize, dude. So it's going to diminish Cody for winning this freaking world title. He's honestly better off just, he, he's better off not even winning this freaking thing anyway. And we'll get more into Cody Rhodes um, and him being in this tournament as well. And then you have Seth Rollins, right? And I understand this aspect, right? Seth Rollins, right? He's over, <laughs> right? I use that term very, very loosely. Uh, we all love Seth and he's a tremendous talent. There's no question. But guys, Seth Rollins holding this world title is going to do what? What is it going to do? Right? People are they're, okay. People are going to sing a song, right? He's, he's quote unquote over. That's what I hear, right? Even though you take that freaking song away, there's nothing else special about Seth. There's, there's really not. And that's no fault to his own. That's just the way he's just been booked, right? But guys, what difference is it going to make? of Seth Rollins holding on to this world title. How is it making the company better? This same character was booked to hold on to the world heavy or it was or to hold on to the United States Championship not too long ago, right? So that same character is now going to hold on to a bigger title that's the World Heavyweight Championship and we expect what difference, right? And it's pretty much the same situation in regards to that United States Championship, right? Roman Reigns, he's on a part-time schedule. He doesn't show up to Monday nights or Friday nights. So the United States Championship had to carry the load. You know who was in that United States Championship picture? Seth Rollins. And it's been the same freaking character with the same people. Freaking Bobby Lashley, Austin Theory, and a few others, right? And putting Seth Rollins in this situation is no different. So what is going to be better, guys? I don't understand. Okay, is he deserving? Okay, yeah. I can name 10 other fucking members on that roster that are just as deserving as Seth Rollins. That doesn't dictate anything that should be that should be done on your show. It, it just does it, man. Um, and look, man, and if that's the route that they do go, and it seems like that that's what they're going to be doing um, moving forward, especially after what happened with this show last night, then you know what? I'll, I'll give it a chance. You know what? I'll give it a chance and see where it goes. But again, I don't expect this to be, to be anything special. I, I just don't like this title, you know, unless there's meaningful feuds and there's consistency and the title is somewhat prestigious until that happens. I don't trust anything or I, I don't, I, I don't believe that this, that anything about this is going to be, is going to be done properly. I, I just don't, um, until that happens. Then, then, then that's my thoughts about it. Um, and again, I love Seth. He's deserving of it. But the guy just, he, you don't need to throw in a world title to make him relevant. I'm sorry. You, you just you just don't. Um, and again, again, this is just nothing. This World Heavyweight Championship, this tournament, and everything that's happened over the last month has been nothing. It, it, it's, it's been nothing but a consolation prize for everybody that's fall to Roman Reigns because nobody can beat Roman, right? Because we have to get him over 1,400 some odd days to surpass Hulk Hogan in his freaking title reign. And now let's just give everybody this world heavyweight title, right? Oh, you know, <laughs> you know, oh, we couldn't beat Roman Reigns. So, or nobody can beat Roman. Let's just, let's just build another title, right? Let's just throw in another title because you know, we, we knew we fucked up. We know Roman Reigns shouldn't be holding on the titles. 
and and here we are. So it's and that's it, man. Um, and, and that's 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 my entire situation in in regards to this world heavyweight title, this tournament. Um, it's lazy, um, and we see right through the bullshit for what it is. Um, but until they prove us that this title is going to be treated as such, and again, I'll give it a chance. I'll see where it goes. Right, but to everybody that thinks that this is a good idea for Seth Rollins to hold on to this title, you know, it's noted because if this, you know, I'm going to give this a month, two months, three months, and, and if this, and if nothing, if nothing gets better, if, if nothing is intriguing, then best believe me, you're going to hear it from me, and I know for damn sure you're going to hear it from Brian as well. So, so we'll give it a chance. You know, we'll give it a chance. If this is what they want to do, then fine. It's not my company. Um, and and we'll, we'll, we'll see where it goes, I guess. But I think we all know, if we're being honest with ourselves, that this is nothing but just, again, a consolation prize. Because nobody can just defeat Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns, he's on a part-time schedule. He's holding on to those two beautiful titles. So let's just make up. Let's just create a brand new championship to go after and, and and invite SmackDown superstars to compete for that said title. Yeah. Okay. What brand split again? It's just, it just diminish and it diminishes the draft, this whole tournament as well, right? Diminishes the draft and it's diminished everything that triple H has said. They are going already day one. They are going against every single freaking rule that they just laid out in regards to this brand split and in regards to this draft. There is nothing, and I mean nothing, that you can make sense out of this now, right? They're fully committed. SmackDown superstars are going to compete for this title this Friday on SmackDown. And again, right, it's just, you know, it's it's not an easy fix to just say, oh, they can just come over to Monday Night Raw if they win the title. That still diminishes the brand split, man. It's not that easy to just make a switch in an audible like that. If that's the case, then don't have a fucking brand split, right? It's logic and common sense, man. So, you know, <laughs> oh man, it's just, you know, you, you think that, you know, WWE and this company, you know, you think you've seen everything and then, you know, Triple H, Vince, all the suits and ties, they hit you with this shit, so... But yeah, that are those are my thoughts in regards to the World Heavyweight title and this tournament um, and everything as a whole in regards to this situation. So we're going to get more into the show uh, or more into the World Heavyweight title in regards to Monday Night Raw from this past Monday. So with all that being said, let us dive straight into the show. This was Monday Night Raw, May 8th, 2023, live in Jacksonville, Florida, starting right now. Hour number one of Monday Night Raw starts off with the American Nightmare himself, Cody Rhodes. He starts the show, his music hits, and enters the ring. He recaps his match with Brock Lesnar from uh, Backlash this past Saturday, says that Brock Lesnar is in the rearview mirror, and he is now solely focused on the World Heavyweight title. He walks up the rampway, approaches that beautiful World Heavyweight Championship that's standing up on a, on a pedestal of some sort, 
and he does his best Hunger Games impression. He says, let the tournament begin, <laughs> or something along those lines, I want to say. Uh, Seth Rollins' music hits, and he is in a little bit of, uh, or in actually a little cool stare down, I guess. Um, you know, obviously, of course, we know the history between those two. Um, as Seth Rollins hits the ring, he enters the ring um, as he goes into his triple threat match um, in regards to this World Heavyweight Championship tournament. So this was the first round of the tournament. Um, all of these first round uh, matches are triple threat matches. So the first triple threat match was Seth Rollins versus Shinsuke Nakamura versus Damian Priest. Um, Rollins and Nakamura come face to face early on after commercial break. Damian Priest starts to gain control of the match. Uh, Seth Rollins hits a stomp to Priest. Nakamura breaks up the pinfall. And then uh, later on in the match, Rollins and Nakamura, you know, they're trading blow for blow, punch for punch. Uh, Nakamura's, you know, he's targeting, targeting the injured foot and ankle of Damian Priest, you know, the same injured uh, leg that uh, he suffered from the, the street fight uh, just this past Saturday. Uh, Rollins breaks up the submission with a frog splash from the top rope, and Rollins wins this match via a pedigree to Shinsuke Nakamura for the W as Rollins moves on to the semifinals um, in this tournament. And that semifinal match is going to be later on in the night uh, to face the winner of the second um, triple threat match, which is going to be later on in the second hour. So Seth Rollins advances um, again, which is no surprise. But but there you go, guys. Shinsuke Nakamura, his first night back on Monday Night Raw. And here he is taking a fucking loss with his looking up at the lights, shoulders pinned to the mat. Again, what does this fucking do for Shinsuke? What did this tournament do at all for, for him? And this is what I mean about tournaments. It does nothing for the people that are in it. Okay, Seth Rollins, if he wins it, okay, great for him. It's going to do wonders for him. But what about everybody else? It does nothing to them. Absolutely nothing, right? He had a match with Cross. He won that. He's back on Monday Night Raw on the first night. He's losing in a triple threat match. So all of and that and that's kind of been the trend as of late in regards to these new Raw superstars or even debuts uh, for new for new Raw superstars. And, and we'll get into that in just a second as well. Um, but yeah, and, and and this is what I meant just at the very very start of the show. Th this tournament does nothing. Again, and once you've seen one tournament, you've seen them all. So Seth Rollins winning this match, we we know what this is most likely going to lead to, as we'll we'll get more into Seth Rollins um, later on uh, in the show uh, as he advances to the main event as the semifinal match what uh, will be in the main event later on in the show. But yeah, Shinsuke Nakamura takes the freaking loss. Makes no fucking sense to me at all. Um, again, it's like you play these video packages for Shinsuke. He beats Karrion Cross. He does this. He does that. And on the first night back, he's already fucking losing. It's like, I, I just, I don't understand it, bro. And because here's the thing, right? Again, I think about it from a casual fan's perspective. You come across somebody like Shinsuke Nakamura, right? You see him, and then all of a sudden, you just see him lose. Like, oh, well, snap. Like, again, it's just, you know, we talk about 50-50 booking all the time, right? Even some of these superstars, they're hardly even being 50-50 booked. They're losing maybe 30 30% they're winning their matches, 70% they're losing their freaking matches. And that's what I mean. Nobody feels special at all. 
You could have just put Shinsuke Nakamura in something fucking relevant that doesn't have to involve him being inserted into this tournament. Because again, we know he's not going to win anyway. So what is the point? Just makes no sense to me at all. So Seth Rollins moves on. Great. Um, again, the whole he does the whole freaking song. Um, <laughs> I, I voiced about how I feel about that from this from the backlash uh, review. Um, again, goes you guys go check that out. That's on Spotify and Apple Podcasts right now. Um, it's just again, it's just after several minutes, man. It's just like it's the most nauseating fucking shit. <laughs> Ever. Like, I get it. For a couple seconds, it's fun, right? And you want to sing along for a few seconds. But after several minutes, it's just, it, it, it's just like enough. Like, like seriously, like enough. You ever, you guys ever like eat like a certain food that just makes you freaking nauseous, right? It's like you eat something and that just makes you very sick. Well, th that's me every time I have to, in, you know, digest this freaking song every time I fucking hear it. it seriously, it, it's ridiculous. Like enough of this song. And yeah, th this same character that was a complete dud when he, when you know Rollins held on to the United States Championship. Yeah, let's let's give that same character to the and have him hold a world heavyweight title. Yeah, that that's really going to make a difference. Fuck me, man. It's just ridiculous. Up next, um Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens are backstage with Imperium. Uh Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, they're talking amongst themselves. Imperium is backstage. They're like hyping each other up because Gunther will be debuting on Raw uh, next week or whatever. Um, they approach Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. They're like, they don't even like, <laughs> they don't even want to waste their time with Imperium. They're just like, dude, like, listen, we're in the middle of a conversation. Like, let's come back to us in about five minutes or whatever. Like, they couldn't even bother giving Imperium attention. Just a very weird freaking, weird freaking way to develop, I guess, a, some sort of a feud. I, I don't know. Um but yeah, Imperium takes no for an answer. Um, this kind of just leads into a tag match later in the night. Um, <laughs> Kevin Owens was funny in this. He was like, he's like, aren't these the henchmen for Gunther? Like, can, can anybody do anything by themselves these days? <laughs> you know, kind of making fun of like the whole, like the Usos in the bloodline. Like we had to deal with the Usos. Like all they did was just freaking, you know, you know, just, you know, take orders from uh, from Roman Reigns. And now here you have two people that just take orders from Gunther or whatever. I don't know. I just like, you could tell Kevin Owens is also very genuine. Like the way he says it, like it comes across like he actually, you know, truly means what he's saying. It's, it's just, it, it's just, I think it's freaking funny. So shout out to Kevin Owens. So, but yeah, um, I, I'll speak more about this, this, this whole situation, you know, when we get to uh, that tag match later on in the second hour. Um, and to end hour number one, Otis, uh, loses to Mustafa Ali in two minutes. Yeah, guys, I, I can't make this shit up. Seriously. Uh, Chad Gable and Maxine are at ringside. They try to direct orders to Otis. Um, Ali takes advantage of the distraction and hits um, Otis with the 450 splash from the top rope and for the W. So again, guys, I, 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 I was, I think I was grabbing like I think I went to the bathroom or something. I came back and the match was fucking over. And I was like, what the fuck just happened? Just again, two fucking minutes. I had to, I had to go back and watch this again because again, I freaking missed it. <laughs> I, I missed it the first time. And I was like, what the fuck just happened? The match is already over. Um, but yeah, guys, I, I can't, I can't emphasize enough how horrible. And I mean, horrible Otis, Chad Gable and Alpha Academy as a whole, how just the booking of this of this tag team and them as individuals has been just just so bad 
I mean, there's there's no care and there's no fucking effort. He's losing to Otis, big fuck the tree trunk, right? Otis is losing to Mustafa Ali in under two minutes. Mustafa Ali's like, again, he's he's celebrating like he just won the Stanley Cup. And he's just like, oh, I can't believe I did this. Right? It's just, and then Otis is just looking like a freaking schmuck. Again, guys, like, uh, it's just like you're, you're better off with throwing in a, a freaking jobber from the state of Florida and putting them into this match. Are you really telling me that you're gaining more of an audience to put in a two-minute match because it's Otis and Mustafa Ali? Stop. Come on, man. It's just, it's freaking ridiculous, right? Again, now, smart fans know that we know the talent that's in Otis as well as Mustafa Ali. Um, but again, but you come across these two and you see them get treated like shit. They're, they're being booked like complete idiots. Who the hell is going to take them seriously? Who's going to want to stick around to see what they do next? It makes no fucking sense at all. At all. What, what like, and this led to nothing. Th these matches are accomplishing nothing. You know what it is, guys? It's filler. It's filler to fill up a fucking show because they have nothing creative for any of these fucking wrestlers, and it pisses me off to no freaking end. And that's our number one, guys. Seriously, that, that's legit it. So Cody Rhodes does his shtick. He does his best Hunger Games impression. Let the tournament begin. Uh, Rollins does his whole shtick with the freaking song. Um, the, the, the triple threat match, which again, this tournament, it's just not needed. So Rollins wins a match. It was a decent triple threat match, I guess. Um, again, it just does nothing for anybody, you know, outside of the person winning this tournament at the end of the day. Um, a, a tag match was made for later the night and Otis is losing in two minutes. Are you not entertained, guys? <laughs> is a pulse not beating through your freaking th th through your chest, right? Or is this not getting you excited for for Night of Champions, man? I mean, this is riveting freaking television. I can't condone. I can't, you know, just keep my excitement from bursting out. Seriously, this is riveting fucking television, man. Oh my God, says nobody ever. <laughs> Golly, man. And and here's the thing. Before I move on to the second hour, listen, and, and there's a trend as well about this Jacksonville crowd. I, I agree. This 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 crowd did was was horrible. <laughs> this crowd was was not good. I mean, they were dead for pretty much this, the the entire night. Um, but again, it's not like they had anything to cheer for anyway. Um, so so I get where people are coming from with that, but still. You dissect what I just dissect in this first hour. And again, what's getting anybody excited? So, I mean, if I'm, if I'm a resident from Jacksonville, Florida, and I see this shit, like, sir, do, do you blame, would you blame me? <laughs> Seriously. I, it's just, again, man, this is your first hour and the snap of a finger. It's gone. It's gone. Um, Yeah. Just this, this this draft, right? This brand split is really paying dividends for, for these fucking wrestlers. It really did it for Shinsuke, losing into a, losing a fucking match and taking the pinfall. May I add? But yeah, but that's our number one, guys. Just just a bunch of bullshit and, and nothing gets accomplished, and just and it leaves me just fucking speechless, honestly. Hour number two, 
starts off with the second triple threat uh, match in the World Heavyweight Championship Tournament. This is Cody Rhodes versus The Miz versus Finn Balor. Miz hits a skull-crushing finale. Um, Cody Rhodes breaks up the pinfall. Of course, the, the skull-crushing finale was was uh, was sold by Finn Balor. Uh, Cody Rhodes hits the crossroads. Miz tosses him out of the ring, and then Cody Rhodes immediately gets back up and breaks up the pinfall. Uh, Cody Rhodes then hits three crossroads um, to the Miz. He goes in for the cover. He's about to win the match, and Brock Lesnar interferes. He pulls him underneath the ring ropes and delivers a massive F5 onto the outside. So, and of course, it's triple threat. There's no disqualification. So, uh, Balor hits the top rope, hits the coup de gras to Miz. As the match continues, he goes for the cover, and Finn Balor wins the match, and he will uh, he moves on into the tournament to face Seth Rollins later on in the night. However, post match. Brock Lesnar continues to beat the holy shit out of this dude. <laughs> in 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 you know in that in regards to Cody Rhodes, um, so he takes another F five this time through the table. Um, Brock Lesnar grabs the microphone. This dude's like getting freaking amplified. Um, he's like screaming into the camera and screaming to Cody, like, "Look at my face! Look what you've done to my face!" He's got the <laughs> the the, the freaking the mark on his head. Uh, he's got like a little bit of a black eye and yeah, he's blaming Cody for what he did to his face. It's like, he's, it's like, he's rehearsing the dashing Cody Rhodes gimmick. <laughs> like he, like Brock Lesnar just cares about his, uh, his facial features or something like that. I, I don't know. Um, but Hey, look, I like Brock Lesnar getting amplified, man. I, I love it. I love this side of Brock and we should have been getting this side of Brock, um, for, for a while now. And I know that that comedic type of character had, had its moments um, in regards to him being a baby face. But this is Brock Lesnar, man. This is who, this is what makes Brock Lesnar freaking Brock Lesnar, um, you know, having this type of amplification and feeling legit like the beast incarnate, right? So I, I don't mind the amplification. It's just like the notion of like, he's pissed off because he did damage to his to his beautiful face, <laughs> right? It's just, it's, it's, I don't know. It just came off just very weird to me, right? I like the way Brock delivered it is just, it's the notion of it. That's just weird. Like all of a sudden Brock cares about his facial features or whatever. Um, but yeah, so it's just very, very kind of very odd to me. So he, he gets on the microphone. He keeps yelling at Cody Rose. Like, what do you want to talk about Cody? And then he, he, and that's when he issues uh, a challenge, right? Cody Rhodes, he's, He's laying flat. The dude's half un half unconscious at this point. Uh, Brock Lesnar then issues the challenge. He says, me, you, at night of champions. And then he finishes it off by saying, who is the coward now? Uh, Brock Lesnar stands tall. Cody Rhodes is left playing in a pretty much in a puddle of his own, of his own blood, pretty much. Um, and that is the segment. Um... So, so here's the thing, right? We, I shouldn't be shocked by this result. Um, the first thing I'll say is that I think Cody Rhodes is just better off not winning this world heavyweight title, honestly. Um, so at least that's the one positive gripe I can also have in regards to this situation. Um, you know, it's, it just would have diminished Cody Rhodes in the process if he would have won it, because again, we know what the notion is in regards to this world title. It's just a consolation prize, especially for Cody to win it after he 
allegedly couldn't get the job done with Roman. It, to me, it just would have diminished Cody. But we kind of knew that this this whole th- weird whatever feud this is with Brock. Again, you would again still no explanation of why Brock Lesnar is still attacking Cody. Even Cody has had to say this in promos many occasions. Like I don't know why Brock is still attacking me to begin with. I do, I have no idea. And it just makes me laugh because I don't think WWE knows either. <laughs> so it's just it's just very, very odd. Um, but yeah, after the roll-up finish and me and Brian spoke heavily about that, you kind of knew that this was leading into uh, a, a match at Night of Champions. But here's the thing, guys. This isn't going to lead to just Night of Champions. This is going to be beyond Night of Champions. This is most Brock Lesnar is most likely going to beat Cody Rhodes um, at night of champions. And this is probably going to lead into a rubber match. Um, I don't know if that's going to be money in the bank or do they push this to SummerSlam? I don't know. It's one of the two. Um, but yeah, so it, it's just cause good. Cause Brock, I, I doubt that they're going to have Brock Lesnar lose back to back times. I, I don't know. That's just, especially if he's going to continue to wrestle. Um, I don't know that that would just be very, very weird to do. So to, to me, like it's clear as day that this is gonna they're gonna continue this feud way into the summer. Um, and again, we shouldn't be shocked after the after the result from Saturday night. Um, but again, and again, I can get behind this feud if it just made sense because you know it just you could have had you, you, you could have just had some type of explanation. Again, Brock Lesnar is just attacking him again for a while because he did damage to his face. Is that the is that the story we're playing now when you, you when you couldn't give us an explanation from the first time they fucking fought at, at, at backlash just a couple days ago or leading up to that match a couple days ago it's just this whole situation with Cody has been a mess man ever after WrestleMania even his stock to be quite honest with you even though Cody Rhodes you know he's from what he is given he's still going out there. He's his delivery and everything is still spun on and he's trying to make it work. But if, if you're, if you're smart enough, you know, you can see through the bullshit. Um, it, it's just, it's just, it's just ridiculous. Like, Cause again, guys, because all of this just could have been freaking avoided because you know, you, you could have, you know, you could have done several things. You, you could have just split the freaking titles at, up at WrestleMania you know, you could have just given Roman Reigns this a thousand days. You could have Cody Rhodes hold on to a title, make it prestigious, give him that cultivating moment at WrestleMania because there's no other bigger moment than WrestleMania. There's just not. You're telling me he's going to get that same moment at a fucking SummerSlam stop. Um, but no, <laughs> but God forbid, right? But again, no. But again, you have people like freaking Bubba, Bubba Ray. You have all these other schmucks in the community saying, I think he needs to struggle more. Uh, Brock Lesnar needs to beat him up again. Uh, he should, you know, might as well just put him back in the hospital. Uh, he needs to struggle. He should just injure his other peck. Um, you know, do we have like one of those, those big cement trucks? Yeah. Let's just run over his legs. Right. We need to see, we, we need to see that struggle, right? Better yet. Let's take, let's take the empire state building and just smash it over his head. Let, let's just drop it on his head because we need to see more adversity. Right. Or better yet, let's take him. Let, let's take him uh, off. Of, let's just you know, bring him up on a bridge or up on a pedestal and just push him off of it and maybe crack a few bones because he needs to face freaking adversity. He needs to earn it. 
Um, and then after all of that, when, when he makes his comeback story, okay, then, then we can get behind a J that then he's ready. Guys, what, what the fuck? <laughs> I know I'm over-exaggerating, but legit, like this is pretty much what, what we, what we have come to in regards to trying to make sense out of this situation, right? It's just, it makes no fucking sense, bro. All of this could have been avoided. And again, this dude could be holding on the titles, right? And I get it. Would the fans maybe turn on Cody Rhodes if the, if he's holding on to these titles? Yeah, that could be the case. But again, we could be getting a better product with him holding on to those titles, guys. And it does wonders for Roman in the process because he would not lose anything from losing those titles. He can come back a more diabolical heel, right? He can have his... His whole shtick with the bloodline, which I'm sure is going to start on this Friday on SmackDown. He doesn't have to hold on titles to tell that fucking story. And we would be having a better product and shit would make sense. But no, let's let's give you this bright, shiny new title, right? Let, let's throw the, the the draft in your face and all that fun and all that fun jazz. And, and let, let's let's put let's put Cody Rhodes into Brock Lesnar. For, with with no explanation and no fucking reasoning, let's just have the fucking match and let's just let's just get to the freaking match. Um, yeah, yeah, and everything again, guys. Like I said at the top of the show, it's a day by day basis. There's nothing long term, and and that, and that's just the reality. Um, and it, and it's clear as freaking day. Um, so Brock Lesnar is going to continue this feud uh, with Cody. Um, he's probably going to win at Night of Champions. And this is going to most likely continue, whether it's at Money in the Bank or SummerSlam. It wouldn't shock me if they try to push this to SummerSlam. Um, and yeah, so so there you go. Um, again, guys, I, I don't know. Um, again, I like the amplification with Brock. I like how he got amplified. I like how he got intense. But still, it's just like there's because <laughs> guys, like, I, I I I don't I don't understand. There's still. There's still no definitive reason why he's even going after Cody. Oh, because he got lucky and 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 he did damage to his face. Like, come on, man. You're telling me we can't do better than that, bro. Like, honestly, it, it's just it just does not make any sense. And again, this tournament just does not make any fucking sense. It does nothing to anybody, especially for Finn Balor, because we're gonna get to Finn Balor when he faces Seth Rollins uh later on in the night. So, but yeah, so. Night of Champions, Cody Rhodes versus Brock. Uh, that is going to happen in just two weeks at Night of Champions. Up next, we have Rhea Ripley, your SmackDown Women's Champion, versus Dana Brooke. Uh, match time was under two minutes. Um, guys, I felt so bad. I don't know if anybody caught this, but Dana Brooke is walking down the rampway during her entrance. And she has this awkward exchange with a young, with like a young kid, a fan that's, that's on the, that's, that's, that's sitting by the rampway. And he, she goes to give him a fist bump and this kid just leaves her hanging. And I was like, Oh no. <laughs> oh my guys. If you haven't seen it, go back and watch it. Oh, oh it was awful. Oh, it was so painful to freaking watch, man. Um, but, but that's the thing that that's the, that is everything you need to know about Dana Brooke and her situation right now. <laughs> Seriously, it's oh my god, it was bad. I mean, it was. I mean, the camera was right on her the whole time as she's coming down the rampway. It's just she tries to play it off, but I mean, it's 
it was it was horrible, man. I, I really feel bad for the for the woman. I really do. Um, I mean, nobody. There's no reaction to when she comes out. Uh, people forget that she's even on the fucking roster. It's it, it's horrible, man. It really is. So, but yeah, she loses in under two minutes. Uh, Rhea Ripley wins the match via Riptide and a Cloverleaf submission. Um, after the match. Uh, Rhea Ripley continues to beat down Dana Brooke if beating her in under two minutes just wasn't enough anyway. Uh, Natalia, Natalia hits the ring, um, taking her sweet ass freaking time, may I add. I mean, she, there is no urgency from Natalia uh, to get into the ring to help save Dana Brooke. Uh, legit, she's legit walking or power walking to the ring. Um, they have a little bit of a stare down between, you know, Rhea Ripley and Natalia. And uh, Rhea Ripley and Dominic. Dominic was at ringside for this match, and they walk away. And I was like, "You got to be fucking kidding me!" It's like I was praying to God they weren't just gonna walk away as soon as they were staring down. I'm like, "Don't just walk away! Don't just freaking walk away!" And end the segment, and they walk away, and they end the segment. I'm like, "Fuck, man!" <laughs> so yeah, it's just so. Here's what I will say, and I'm gonna make this short and sweet because again, nothing really much happened here, but. I know there's going to be a lot of people that are, are are going to trash this because, you know, oh, why is Natalia being the next opponent in line for Rhea Ripley? But guys, if you th- I mean, this to me, this is no harm, no foul. She's going to face her most likely at Night of Champions. It's a Saudi show. I, I, I'm honestly fine with it. It does no harm, no foul to anybody. You're better off having somebody not like Natalia in this match than a, than somebody like a Zia Lee or an EO Sky or even an Asuka. Seriously. Um, so it's, it's no harm, no foul. Um, again, we know that Rhea, it's a Saudi show. I mean, if this was a SummerSlam or, or any other big, bigger pay-per-view event, then th- that would be one thing. This would be a different story, but it's a Saudi show at night of champions. Um, uh, or who knows? They could just have this freaking match on raw. They, they might not even want to even bother putting this on the, uh, on the night of champions card who freaking knows. But, um, but yeah, it, to me, it just does no harm, no foul. And that's the thing too. Like just because it's Natalia, it doesn't mean they can't get creative, right? And it sucks too because they have like, they have what two weeks to build this, and and that's what I mean about pay per views these days, man. It's like every month there's just another fucking pay per view. It's like, oh my god, man. But yeah, I mean, just because it's Natalia doesn't mean you can't get creative, right? Does doesn't mean you can't make Natalia look good in the process, and and you can make Rhea Ripley that much, you know, much more of a star in the process. Um, so are they gonna do that? Probably not. Um, but yeah, I mean, but still, Natalia facing Rhea for a Night of Champions Saudi show, I, I'm, I'm totally, I have no problem with it. It's no harm, no foul. Um, people need to freaking relax. <laughs> I mean, seriously, um, Natalia is going to make the match work. Um, it's a shame that, you know, it is a shame, though, that they're, they're probably not going to put a lot of stock or effort into it. Or maybe they do. I, I don't know. But they, this, this company doesn't deserve my benefit of the doubt especially when it comes to the women's division. So um, up next, speaking of the women's division, um, Zoe Starks, uh, former NXT member, as she makes her Raw debut or her main roster debut, she's in a backstage interview and she challenges Nikki Cross to a match uh, later in the night. Again, I have a lot to say about that in regards uh, to that match. So that match was made official later on in the second hour. Um, and then up next, we have Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn versus Imperium. Match time was nine minutes in length. Um, Imperium, guys, actually using tag team maneuvers in their matches. I freaking love it. 
this guy, Imperium is the definition of a legit tag team, right? You remember tag teams like the British Bulldogs, the Hart Foundation, the, the list goes on and on, right? A majority of their moves are legit tag team maneuvers, like legit tag team moves, right? Like, you know, that's what tag team wrestling is about, man, right? I love that stuff. Like 90% of their moves are both of them together as a team. That is that is the definition of a tag team, guys, right? And it's not Braun Strowman and Ricochet, the maneuver where freaking Ricochet does a swanton off of Braun's shoulders. No, I'm talking legit tag team wrestling moves, right? Like, like making like legit tag team wrestling, tag team wrestling 101. Imperium is the, the, the tremendous definition of that. So I love that, man. I love those exchanges in the match where they're, they're actually doing tag team maneuvers um, in this match and showcasing their, 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 their tag team in general. I love that, man. Um, so that, that, that was, that was really eye opening to me. Um, and that's something that, again, this tag, that's, something that we don't see a lot because a lot of tag teams nowadays are just thrown together just for the sake of throwing <laughs> two people in a team together. There's no reason for the team. There's no real aura of the team. It's just two individual competitors just thrown into a team for no fucking reason. But Imperium guys, Imperium is the definition of a freaking tag team. And you can do wonders with Imperium, and you can build a tag division around this freaking team, as well as Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, you know, and, and that that's just that's just my two cents there. So, but uh, Kevin Owens uh, stuns Kaiser, Zayn hits the Halula kick to Vinci for the W, and your tag champs win this match over Imperium. So again, guys, another uh, another two more Raw uh, newly Raw superstars that make their debut on Raw are fucking losing. Just flat on their fucking back. And Imperium, just the very first fucking night, they're being fed to the tag champions. Again, why? Just on the very first night, why? Where do they go from here? On the first night, they're facing the tag champs and they're losing. What's the direction now? Where else can they go? I mean, am I making sense here, guys? <laughs> I don't understand. Like, and this is the thing with Imperium too, right? Like, it's look Gunther, the way Gunther is being booked, I love. Right, he's a dominant champion. He's he's been holding on to that title long enough. I wish they could make that the, the feuds within that title more prestigious. But Gunther himself, so far, has been booked pretty well. But Kaiser and Vinci and the in this th this faction as a whole has been they're booked like clowns. They're nothing but henchmen. To, to, to fucking Gunther, right? Even the Usos, right? Even though the bloodline has had its moments as a faction, but for the most part, even when the Usos were holding on the tag titles, they were most like, they were just being booked as Roman's henchmen. When again, guys, like here's the thing about factions, right? Factions like Evolution, Degeneration X, right? The Four Horsemen. Those are factions, man, because every single member feels special. There's no henchman. There's no sidekick. There's everybody is a star in their own right. And you don't get that with factions anymore. Yeah, you have people like the Brutes. Freaking, I mean, the Judgment Day is also the only faction outside of the bloodline where maybe I can say that there's somewhat intrigue there. But but that's really it. And even even 
but even from when they started, I can't really say that they've been booked that much better from when they started to where they are now, right? So their booking overall hasn't been that great since they started. And the bloodline, as great as the bloodline's been, they haven't been that great because the Usos, all they've done for the most part has just been henchmen to Roman. But And that's what I mean about factions, man. Like everybody needs to feel special. Look what the Blackpool Combat Club are doing over in AEW right now. Everybody, it, they're hiding to their, they're playing with their strengths and they're hiding their weaknesses. And everybody so far feels pretty special, at least so far, right? Imperium, as a as an entire unit, to me just does not feel like a threat. <laughs> Neither does the brutes, or again, maybe the judgment day. I guess you can argue with the judgment day, maybe the bloodline for the most part. But outside of that, the LWO, come on, the brawling brutes, stop, man. Enough, man. Factions need to be booked like legit factions. Treat them as such, please. God, man, and Imperium just gets fed to the to the tag to, to the tag title holders. Now what? What? Where do they go from here, guys? What makes sense of this shit? Was it a good tag match? Okay, but now what, man? You, you just fed them to the tag holders, and now, <laughs> like, where else is there? Where, where can you go now from here? I just don't understand. You put this on paper and you think like, oh, this is a great idea. Jesus Christ, man. It's ridiculous. Sonia Deville backstage uh, and, and Chelsea Green, uh, they're handing out a petition for wrestlers to sign in order to get a tag title opportunity. Johnny Gargano, Candice LeRae, Dexter Loomis, and Indy Hartwell are backstage. Um, you know, Sonia Deville and, and Chelsea Green, they... Um, <laughs> They, they, they give them the petition to sign. All of them turn it down. Um, and Johnny Gargano, as like a proud father, um, if you guys know the NXT uh, faction that was known as The Way, right? Speaking of factions, funny, right? Um, you know, they're they're all hyped up about being back together. And, he, and Johnny Gargano says something along the lines of, he's coming back soon. Um, I don't know who him means. <laughs> Interesting, right? So... Yeah, I, I don't know if that refers to Austin Theory, but I mean, again, I, I can see, again, WWE just going against their rules and just throwing Austin Theory back over to the way because, again, that's just something that WWE would do. Or, I don't know, Tommaso Ciampa, maybe? I don't know. But before I get into this next match, man, and again, this is what I mean, and this is kind of just piggybacking off of what I was talking about Imperium. Like the way, right? It seems like that that's where they're going with, right? They're, and and I, and I like that, you know, it's, you're giving something for Johnny Gargano. He's not backstage just collecting dust and he's just, you know, twiddling his thumbs. Same, same thing with Candice LeRae, right? Just give something for these people and Dexter Loomis, right? But man, it's just, they're, they're booking this segment. It's like, they're all together in this segment, like casual fans that come across the, these these individuals for the first time just expect to know what the faction who the way is right it's weird to me it's like they already expect to know who these people are and why they're a team and what's going on it's just like again i'm thinking of this from a casual fans perspective that don't know much about NXT that don't know much about these individuals you gotta get you gotta connect 
fans with people like Johnny Gargano, with people like Candice LeRae, especially for people like Indy Hartwell, who pretty much made her debut freaking last night or on Monday night, I should say. Like, you, you got to go the extra mile to, to get fans to connect. There's no connection. You just throw them all together like, oh, here's the way. They were somewhat popular in NXT. Let's just expect everyone to know what, what that is. And, and it's just it's just so weird. Um, it, it makes absolutely no sense at all. So I, I guess we'll soon find out in regards to the, the way in that faction and see how that how that plays along. But um, and then finally to end hour number two, Zoe Starks versus Nikki Cross. Uh, Zoe Starks in her main roster debut match. Uh, match time was three minutes, and she wins uh, via the Z360 GTS. Actually, pretty sick freaking finisher. Uh, I'm not gonna lie. Um, but again, I, I just I, I don't understand. Here's the thing, right? Zoe Starks, all right? She's like good. She won the match. She's she's the only person that honestly came out any sort of a winner in regards to in regards to people making their Monday Night Raw debuts or whatever uh, or their returns. It's just like why against Nikki Cross again? You're better off putting in a jobber from the state of Florida. And have Zoe Starks just beat the living shit out of her. Why is Nikki Cross in this match? What benefit does Nikki Cross have of being in this match? Somebody makes sense out of this. And it's just, and again, Zoe Starks, she wins the match. Okay, great. Do do people give a shit more about Zoe Starks after she won the match? The answer's no. And again, man, this is how you're debuting these stars or these upcoming stars. Right. Again, first impression means everything, everything. Right. And this is why you see people like Bad Bunny, Logan Paul and celebrities. They have to call these people to do jobs part time because everyone else has been booked like shit. Nobody gives a shit about these people because the way of their book, the way that the first impressions come off. And it's it's examples like this that proves my point. And it does nothing for anybody just at all. Great. Zoe Starks wins the match. That's great. But again, the crowd was dead silent. No one gives a shit. There's no connection. There's no effort for fans to gravitate towards Zoe Starks. Nothing. And again, if you want, if you watch NXT, again, I understand, you know, you may know that the potential behind Zoe Starks, but again, not everybody knows that. Not everybody watches NXT. So get people connected Get people to understand the backstory behind the person and the character. I don't understand how that's so fucking hard to do. But again, what, what do I know? So, and that y'all is your second hour. So just to kind of recap of it all again, man, first impressions just mean everything. I, I don't understand how you can debut these people, right? The draft, whether you're coming from NXT or a separate band, separate brand, it's just and debut them like this, right? This is a fresh start, a new beginning, and this is what you have for these people. Legit, the short end of the fucking stick. All right, guys, hour number three of Monday Night Raw starts off with Trish Stratus as she hits the ring she's wearing a missy uh, a, a missy <laughs> a missing becky lynch um shirt 
Um, it's it's like a it's like a shirt of a poster, like a missing poster, and it has Becky Lynch's face on it. Um, it's actually kind of funny. I'm not gonna lie. Um, but yeah, she goes out there and she's expressing her concerns for Becky Lynch because she's missing. Um, she, she goes over to Corey, Corey, can you tweet that for me, please? <laughs> Freaking man. The thing is with Trish Stratus, right? I'm going to talk more about Trish in just a second here, but man, you can tell that she just, she just enjoys being a heel. She just enjoys being that type of character and she's just in her element. You can tell that she's comfortable. Um, and, and she's just, she's really, and, and, and everything is just hitting, right? You can tell that she's really. Like, I don't know. There, there's, I, I can't express the words about it, but it's just like, she's again, it's just, it's really solid, man. And to be honest with you guys, and I know people have their, 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 their thoughts about Trish and taking up TV time and why is she on the show? But man, she, she's so far, she's been the bright spot, not just of this show, but for the last several weeks. I mean, I mean, seriously, I mean, what else has been that much better? I, I mean, I would love to know. So, um, but yeah, she she goes on to uh, she say like, listen, you know, once once we find Becky Lynch, once she's found, you will then guys, you guys will then all say thank you, Trish. <laughs> that whole little catchphrase is pretty much kind of the whole shtick, like thanking, you know, wanting people to thank her for paving the way as being like, you know, the Hall of Famer, the best to ever do it or something along those lines. Right. She starts like making fun of Becky Lynch and her kid. Like this is where she just starts turning it up a few notches, which I freaking love. Um, and then, you know, she goes along the line saying, nobody is going to steal my spotlight. Becky Lynch music hits, but it was all a swerve by Trish Stratus. She starts laughing. She starts laughing at the crowd. She's like, oh my God, I can't believe you fell for it. Like you guys are a bunch of idiots. <laughs> Freaking the crowd starts chanting Becky Lynch's name. Um, or I guess, I don't know. Again, the crowd was so dead. It could have just been piped in crowd noise. Who freaking knows? But uh, but, but Trish is playing it off very well. She's like, guys, like you get, you guys are stupid. Like, what are you doing? She's not here. Like, stop it <laughs> again, man. She's she, again, just really solid stuff from Trish Stratus. Seriously. Um, she then goes on to tell a story about, uh, her daughter and how she wanted to name her doll, like, uh, Becky Lynch or something like that. Um, and then Becky Lynch music hits once again. And this is where Trish plays it off really well. Is she's like, yeah, she does it once again. She's like, she's like, wait, guys, whoa, 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 what are you doing? Like, the joke's over. Like, stop playing the music. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> and and uh, and Becky Lynch shows up from behind, behind Trish Stratus, and then Trish Stratus's face says it all. She's like, oh no, she's behind me, isn't she? And she turns around, and Becky Lynch delivers a sucker punch to her freaking mug. Uh, she clotheslines her, which was slightly botched, by the way. Um, and, uh, gives her a suplex, um, Trish Stratus then retreats. She rolls underneath the ring ropes. Uh, Becky Lynch gets on the microphone and says, the man has come back to kick your ass. Um, and then she was about to say something else, but her music, whoever was, uh, controlling production back there, uh, her music, her music, her theme song cut her off. And she was about to say something else. And she was like, oh, fuck it. She just tosses the microphone. And, and that was the segment. Um, he, here's what I'll say. Um, Trish Stratus so far as a heel, I think has, has been, has been doing a, a, a really solid job. It is a shame that the whole heel turn was botched and it was kind of diminished, but, but so far she's been making it work. 
Um, seriously. So, you know, and, and I give Trish Stratus major respect for that. Cause guys, again, I, I know it's easy to, 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 to trash, uh, to trash her. Right. And, and to say like, Oh, why is she on the show? Why is she doing this? Why is she doing that? But guys, like, you know, she's called upon to do a job. She doesn't have to be do. She doesn't have to do what she's doing. Right. And she's like, Hey, listen, you know, I'll go, I'll go the extra mile to be drafted to a brand. Right. And, and, and being on the show consistently, like, so I respect that about Trish, you know? Um, so I, I really, really do. So, and she's making it work for what she's been given. Um, and, and Becky Lynch, you know, and again, I, I don't think that Becky Lynch is great. I think I don't, I'm not buying the hype of what, of how great people claim that she is, but She's a solid talent. She's she's a very very solid talent. And I think that she can also make this work as well. It just sucks that a lot of the I don't know if it's a chemistry issue. I don't know if it's just a a pacing issue. But like mostly every every other maneuver, they just don't connect or it's botched. It, it's just very weird to me. I just I have to call that out. Um, but yeah. So so Becky Lynch returns. Um, so um, it's, it's going to be curious to know when they have this match, are they going to do it at night of champions? Are they going to do this? Are they going to push this to SummerSlam? I know me and Brian have talked about that being kind of a stretch. Um, do they do it at money in the bank? Who knows? Um, but yeah, so that is your segment. Um, you know, to me, and listen, I, I, and again, I'm just being honest guys, like for a show that's been a complete dud, especially over the past month, right? In regards to Trish, man, it, you know, there's, there's, there's slight potential here and there's slight intrigue, you know, and listen, and, and you know, it's, and it, I guess I just got to call it like it is, man. I mean, this has been the bright spot, the, the minor bright spot of a three hour show of that's been just a complete, just a, that's just been complete subpar. Um, you know, Trish Stratus, like she's, she's really just in her element. She's. She's trashing Becky Lynch and her kid, and she's just playing that that evil bitch, right? She's just, you know, she's like pandering to people, like you know, trying to have people thank her because she's the greatest women's wrestler. Arguably, she is, and you can believe that because she's Trish fucking Stratus. Um, but yeah, and then with Becky, you know, where this goes remains to be seen. But you know, I'm not gonna lie to y'all when I say that there's there's slight intrigue here. <laughs> I don't know what people want me to say. Um, because again, I don't know where else you're getting that from. I mean, maybe Brock and Cody, I, I don't know, but, but yeah, so I, I mean, I'll, I'll give this a chance to see where this goes. And it's, it's funny too, right? There was this video that happened on Twitter of Becky. And again, this wasn't even on the show. This wasn't like live on the show. This was like legit, like a social media post of Becky Lynch backstage going up to one of the technicians that cut her off <laughs> during her promo. And I thought that was hilarious, man. She was like, she's like, who cut me off? And then like the, the, the freaking, uh, and, and, and Becky Lynch just punches the dude in, in, in his mug. And I'm like, dude, this is good shit that you can put on your television, bro. I'll take that over some nonsensical tag match between Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, and Imperium any freaking day of the week. Seriously, it kind of reminds me of what they did with Rhea Ripley, Dominic, and invading like the Mysterio household, right? Like, put that shit on your shows, man. That's that's entertaining television, man, that you can put on your show. And I like the fact that they're adding, 
stuff on social media to tell a story. And I like that. But these segments are coming off to where there's a place to put that on your show. I mean, that's just, I mean, that's just me because again, that's creativity. That's having fun, right? That's thinking outside the box. I like that stuff. So WWE, man, put that type of shit on your show. Like enough of these nonsensical matches, put shit like Becky Lynch sucker punching a technician or, 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 or somebody from the production truck in the face. Like, come on, man. You know, it was just, uh, to me, it was, it was funny and it was entertaining. And to me, bro, like that's type, that type of stuff should just be on your freaking should, should, should just be on your freaking uh, on your TV show. So just, I just had to bring that up. So up next, uh, Xavier Woods faces Dominic Mysterio in a one-on-one match uh, backstage early on in the night. Uh, this match was made official. Rhea Ripley had a backstage interview Woods along with Akira Tozawa. I think Akira Tozawa was with him. They were like laughing or something like that about something. Dominic was defending her mommy (laughs) and saying, Hey, like this is the champ's time, like shut up or whatever. And then Xavier Woods, like there go back and forth and Woods lays the challenge to Mysterio and uh, Rhea Ripley um, accepts that challenge on Dominic's behalf. Um, As Rhea Ripley was at ringside for this match, uh, Dominic sidesteps Woods' flying elbow uh, from the ring ropes, and Dominic wins via the awe-inspiring ultra, and I mean ultra-devastating roll-up finish. That's right. Dominic wins uh, via Xavier Woods' own backwoods. <laughs> um, so, look, man, again... Dominic winning matches should be happening, right? This dude, as of late, has been getting a lot of good heel heat. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of momentum with Dominic right now, especially with the Judgment Day. So they should be winning matches. But again, Xavier Woods is a returning Raw superstar. This is his first night back on Raw, and he's already fucking losing. I don't understand, man. This is supposed to be a new beginning for these superstars. Why are they looking like fucking schmucks? What does it accomplish? And even for Dominic Mysterio, right? He won the match. That's great. But what did this What did this accomplish for either men? Are we that excited to see what is next for Dominic Mysterio? And listen, Dominic, Dominic Mysterio has been doing great work. And, 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 he, and he should be winning matches, you know, you know rightfully so, right? But again, it's just, I I don't understand what this is leading to. And I don't understand what this is accomplishing, especially from Xavier Woods' aspect. Just doesn't make sense to me at all. He's returning to Raw. And on the very first night, he's freaking losing, right? Oh, like what is it? Like the New Day and Judgment Day? Is is that what we're freaking doing, guys? I I don't, once Kofi Kingston returns or whatever, guys, I don't know, man. It just, it doesn't make sense, bro. It just it's it's not doing anything for these wrestlers who are returning again man like i said in the second hour first impressions right again to just a casual fan's perspective matter a lot so that's all i can really say before we get into the main event there was a few backstage segments uh in the sheer uh from nxt this was jinder mahal uh veer mahan and another person who i can't remember the name of they send a message to the law to the raw locker room um, in a backstage promo. Not gonna lie, man. That that visual of Indusheer, you can't tell me you can't look at that freaking 
that faction and can't tell me that there's not potential there. Seriously, like the visual of that just looks pretty darn cool. And again, I know the easy thing too for for nowadays is to also shit on gender. And I understand gender Mahal over the last several years should have, you know, has no business being on WWE television, <laughs> clearly, right? But but now with Indusheer, you see that and there's no there's major potential there. So I mean, do I trust it? Obviously not. But man, I just look at that and I just my wheels just start spinning in my head of what you could potentially do with these three. So remains to be seen of what they do. Um, again, I don't trust it at all. Um, it, it's just, you know, but yeah, man, that there's, there's potential with that few, man. I just, I look at that few and I know people don't like gender, but man, if you're being honest with yourself, guys, this, this has the, the potential to just be something special. And, and that's all I can really say in regards to that. Uh, Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez, they confront Sonia Deville and Chelsea Green backstage about getting a title opportunity uh, in the near future again. Um, I, I know that there's a tag match coming up on SmackDown. I think Liv Morgan and Raquel are going to face Bailey and Dakota Kai for those tag titles. And I guess the winner of that match faces Chelsea Green and Sonya. Again, I, I don't know, man. I, I mean... What else? What what does there need to say about this man? This this women's tag division is a joke. There's no creativity. They don't know what they're doing. This from the moment it started, it's been a complete dud. Um, there's been a there's been potential where you know you you could have built a women's tag division. You had your moments and you pretty much threw it out the window because of nonsensical, lackluster booking. And and now here we are again. So I, I don't know. I, I just I just don't understand what gets people intrigued by this, but so yeah, tag match for SmackDown. And then I guess Sonya and Chelsea green are once again, going to get a title opportunity, even though we already saw Liv Morgan and Raquel win, and they're probably going to win again. Cause I don't know why you would give the belts back to damage control because just again, just nothing makes sense about it, man. Nothing about it. And then Shinsuke Nakamura challenges Miz to a match next week on raw. Really? <laughs> man oh my god again guys shinsuke nakamura i'm gonna repeat that guys shinsuke nakamura versus the miz has been made official for next week man guys i don't know about you but i i don't know if i can wait seven days for this match i mean hold i mean guys i mean this is this is riveting television Bro, I, again, I can't condone my excitement of how fired up I am for this match. I mean, this is, I mean, this is a dream match for everybody, is it not? This is a part of everybody's dream match list. Shinsuke Nakamura versus The Miz. Why, why is there dead silence? Why, why is nobody excited about this? Right? Where, 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 I mean, are you not entertained by this? Come on, man. Shinsuke and The Miz. I mean. Yes, that is, this is what I've been waiting for, is a match between Nakamura, Shinsuke Nakamura, and The Miz. Wow, yes, man. Again, says nobody ever. And when I mean nobody, I mean nobody is saying that shit, man. <laughs> honest to, honest to freaking God. I, I mean, good Lord. Shinsuke and The Miz, really? They, they lose a bunch of triple threat freaking matches, and, and now here they are. Let's take both of those losers 
and and put them together in, in a match. Why? Because why not? Um, yeah, it's great to see Shinsuke really making a an impression and really getting people to feel and connect with, with his booking. It's really, really freaking showing. The Miz and the Miz and Shinsuke guys. You know, again, I, I don't know how I'm going to contain my excitement coming into next week. It's going to be really hard. I'm sure it is for all of you because this is just riveting fucking television. So, <laughs> oh man. Uh, and Cody Rhodes, um, he accepts Brock Lesnar's challenge for Night of Champions um, as he was in a backstage segment. Um, so yeah, so the match has been made official. And, you know, me and Brian, um, over the next couple of weeks, we'll talk more about the situation. Um, you know, as I spoke highly about this entire, you know, feud, this entire situation with, with him and Brock. So, and we'll, we'll talk more about that in upcoming weeks leading up to Night of Champions. So main event. Seth Rollins versus Finn Balor, the semifinals of the World Heavyweight Championship Tournament. Uh, step, Seth Rollins wins the match via a stomp to Finn's face, and then a second stomp to Finn Balor stomps his head through the canvas. So Seth Rollins wins this match, and he will go on to face the winner of the SmackDown side of the tournament um, as the winner of that um, side of the tournament will go on to face Seth at Night of Champions, and the winner of that match will become the new World Heavyweight Champion. Seth Rollins is staring at the world title like a dog staring at a box of dog treats, <laughs> just foaming at the mouth. It's just a weird visual to end the night. So yeah, so there you go, guys. For for all the people that have been that have been earing for this, that have been that have been wanting this for weeks now, it seems like you're gonna get it. Um, and again. I, I spoke heavily about this to start the show and I'm going to finish with this, man. I, I hope it works out. I, I hope they make it prestigious and I want to see Seth Rollins. I, I want to see him. I, I want to see this work out, man. I truly do. Um, I like Seth. Um, I, he's a tremendous talent. He's definitely deserving again, even though there's a lot more people on this roster that are just as deserving as Seth Rollins. But again, man, I, I just don't understand why, or how this same character that held the United States championship, right? That did absolutely nothing, right? That was booked subpar at best is going to be that much better now that he's holding on to world title gold. What What's going to be the difference, right? He wins this title guys. And then what? I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to repeat. I'm going to repeat this again. Then what? What's going to happen? What's Seth Rollins booking going to be that much better than it has in over the past several weeks and months? What's the difference, right? Are we, are we really going to expect th this title to, to be treated with, with any prestige or, or to, to have to, to have any feuds that we can gravitate towards and give a shit about man? S -s Seriously. I, I don't, I don't get it. Um, especially in regards to this character, the Seth Rollins character that that again held on to that United States Championship, and now that same character is going to hold on to a, even a bigger title. Makes no sense to me at all. But here we are. But but here we are. Um, and you know, for all the for all you guys that that think that this was the this was the way to go, for all you guys that think that this was the 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 person to to have hold on to this this World Heavyweight Championship, even though. At the end of the day, this World Heavyweight Championship is nothing but a consolation prize. It's a shell of what we know that this World Heavyweight Championship is. 
But hey, we'll, we'll see in the next couple of months because for everybody that thinks that this was such a great idea to have Seth Rollins hold on to this title and it's going to do wonders for Seth and the World Heavyweight Championship, because if it's not, best believe you're going to hear it from me and you damn sure you're going to hear from my man Brian as well. That is going to do it for today's episode, everybody. This was your Monday Night Raw review. This was uh, May 8th, 2023, live in Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, once again, I do apologize from, uh, you know, I'm sure a lot of you guys were expecting the whole, um, uh, uh, an episode with me and Brian. Um, you know, again, an episode was um, recorded last night and just shit just kind of hit the fan and uh, in regards to some technical issues. But, uh, you know, hopefully that can, that gets resolved in the next couple of days. Um, there will be a show um, with me and Brian this coming Thursday. So make sure you guys stay tuned for that as well as we go over SmackDown, which is going to be on Saturday. Um, you know, there's going to be a lot of talk as well in regards to Roman Reigns that, you know, Roman Reigns, you know, he's going to acknowledge us with, uh, with his presence <laughs> finally. Right. Um, and I'm sure he's going to address a lot in regards to the whole bloodline, uh, situation with the Usos. You know, there is a lot of intrigue with that. Um, or maybe not a lot of intrigue, some intrigue, I should say, um, in regards to the Usos of, of that, of the turn, does the turn happen? How does the turn unfold? And where do they go in regards to the split, the complete split of the bloodline? So at least there's some intrigue with that. So we'll see where that goes. Uh, make sure you guys stay tuned for our Saturday show when we talk all about that, as well as Thursday for AW Dynamite, as well as NXT um, leading into NXT Battleground, as well as AEW Double or Nothing, man. Like I said, over the next two next two weeks, guys, there's going to be a lot of stuff going on. So expect a lot of content coming your way. Um, and yeah, guys, this is going to be it's going to be a busy couple of days. But hey, we we wouldn't uh, we wouldn't have it any other way. So continue to uh, stay tuned for some more episodes. Uh, make sure you guys continue to uh, follow us on our social media pages. Join our Facebook group. We are well over sixty members on Facebook. Um, as well as our Instagram and our TikTok. That is Ruthless underscore talk. And of course, continue to stay tuned for more episodes um, for uh, foreseeable future as well. Of course, if you are watching this um, or listening to this, as I, as I may add, um, whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, we appreciate you all. We appreciate you guys always tuning in um, and supporting the platform, the podcast, and being a part of this community. So that is going to do it for today's episode, everybody. My name is James Porcelli saying salute, peace out, and take care, everybody.